Extra Daily Planet Extra. Welcome to episode 8 of Man of Screen Extra. I am your host, Mike Zumo, and on this episode, we will be discussing the first two episodes of season 2 of Supergirl, which features Superman. Superman and Clark Kent, as you know, were played by Tyler Hecklin in episodes entitled The Adventures of Supergirl and The Last Children of Krypton. What's important to note before we get into this is that this is the first live-action appearance on the screen of Superman and Supergirl. So, whether you think this episode and Tyler Hecklin's portrayal of Superman was to your liking or not, this is an historic moment in the history of this character, of these two characters, actually, because this is the first time they are seeing each other on the screen. I'm not going to be alone in this episode, as I will be joined in the next segment by Scott McGregor of the Two True Freaks Network, and I'll be joined by a very old and dear friend of mine, Really almost like a brother to me. Tom Benya, who will be making his podcasting debut in the next segment. Now, also some other news regarding the episode. The first episode, the title, The Adventures of Supergirl, was the highest rated show on the CW Network in eight years on a Monday. With about three million viewers. 3.02, I believe the official number was. Which still put it below the season premiere of The Flash, but I believe ahead of Arrow and... DC's Legends of Tomorrow, so not a bad start. I do think the news that it broke a Monday night record on the CW was kind of overblown, as to me that's more of an indictment on how much trouble CW perhaps had at that Monday night at 8pm time slot. The one thing I want to point out is that last year's pilot episode on CBS garnered between 12 and 13 million viewers, while the series averaged about 7 to 8 million, depending on live watches and DVRs. About 3 million is about a good enough number for the CW, but as we can tell, more than twice that number couldn't justify the cost of the show on CBS, as at least for the first few weeks of the season, CBS has been doing very well with the Big Bang Theory on Monday at 8. Yes, the good news is that the show is doing well and it's probably safe on CW. The bad news is that it Because it's on the CW, it's not going to get nearly as many viewers as it did on CBS. So that's unfortunate. But for those of us who are left, I'm hoping that we're going to continue to enjoy what has been a pretty solid series. And I believe season two is off to a good start. I have some of my qualms with the episodes, which I'll get into in the next segment with the guys. But that's for then. Before we get to that, I have some feedback to address from friend of the show, Dave McElvenny. And Dave is talking about Man of Screen Extra number seven. Dave writes, Greetings, Mike. I absolutely loved hearing about your family's trip to Walt Disney World. I've only been there a couple of times, both times as an adult. I've always imagined that it would be amazing to go there as a kid and amazing to go with a kid. But my wife and I don't have children. It sounds as if your daughter truly enjoyed the magic of Disney 
and the adults enjoyed experiencing with her. What else can I say but thanks for sharing that with your audience. Live long and prosper. Dave McElvaney. Well, thanks, Dave, for your email. And yes, uh, I do want to point out that Haley did enjoy that trip very much. And this was indeed my first time going to Walt Disney World with a child of my own. And seeing all that experience through her eyes was definitely something special. And I'm looking forward to sometime in the next year or two that maybe we can go down with her half-brother, my my stepson, and so that he can experience it. There were reasons, like I said, that I'm not going to go into that he couldn't come around this time. So, with that done, I am going to take a quick break. I'm going to play a promo, and then I'm going to come back with Scott McGregor and Tom Benya, and we're going to discuss the first two episodes of Supergirl. Hang around, folks. After 54 years, DC Comics has decided to kill off Superman. November 18th, 1992. Man of Steel has proven to be as vulnerable as the mere mortals who've looked up to him for more than half a century. It was a day many thought would never come. Can it be true? Superman will die November 18th at the hands of a villain named Doomsday? The day that the unthinkable happened. Superman meets his demise at the hands of supervillain Doomsday in the 75th edition of the popular DC comic. Hello, my name is Mario Benessi, and I host the Up, Up, and Away podcast. For as long as I've been a Superman fan, I've been fascinated by the death of Superman's story. After 50-some-odd years, to get people to notice, sometimes you have to go to extremes. During the month of November, episodes of the Up, Up, and Away podcast will be dedicated to the comic event that shook the nation and left millions wondering if the Man of Steel was gone for good. Yeah, they're not going to kill Superman. I think they do it just to get money, and then, like, he's going to revive in two days. There's too much money tied up in Superman for him to stay dead forever. And nobody knows what his uh, Kryptonian physiology is like. You can find the show on Potomatic at upupandaway.potomatic.com and through iTunes. The show and other Superman-related goodies can be found on Facebook by searching Up, Up, and Away Podcast. Mario can be contacted through Twitter at MarioFanOfSteel and through email at mbenessi94 at yahoo.com. That's B as in boy, E-N-N-E-S-E. Up, Up, and Away is a proud member of the Superman Podcast Network. Hey, welcome back, folks, and this is how this is going to go. I am going to synopsize the two episodes, and then we're going to move into our discussion. So, we're going to start first with the main cast is Melissa Benoist as Kara Danvers slash Supergirl, Mikad Brooks as James Olsen, Kyler Lee as Alex Danvers, Jeremy Jordan as Winshot, David Harewood as Jean Jones, and Hank Henshaw. And now we'll move right ahead into episode one, The Adventures of Supergirl. Original air date was October 10th. 2016. Story was by Greg Berlanti and Andrew Kreisberg. And Teleplay, which is the written script, was by Andrew Kreisberg and Jessica Queller. Both of these episodes were directed by Glenn Winter. Guest cast included Tyler Hecklin as Clark Kent and Superman, Calista Flockhart as Cat Grant, Katie McGrath as Lena Luthor, Brenda Strong as The Doctor, Frederick Schmidt as John Corbin, and Andrea Brooks as Eve Tessmacher. Miss Tessmacher! And now for our synopsis, brought to you by Wikipedia. Upon discovering the crashed pod, Kara and Hank find a mail inside. At Hank's suggestion, they take the alien to a more secure location, the real headquarters of the DEO, atop a skyscraper. While the unconscious pilot is examined, Kara returns to work where Kat insists she decide what she really wants to do with her life. Speaking of which, what's your answer? What's the question? Your vocation. What is it? Oh, you mean what job do I want? Um, well, I don't know. I haven't really decided yet. Why not? Well, it's, it's only been 12 hours since you asked me to choose a new position, and most of those hours I was asleep. Really? I offer you the keys to the kingdom, and you just 
go to sleep. It was nighttime. How many hours do you think I slept last night, Kira? Two. Because I care about making the most out of my life. I squeeze every drop out of every single day. Sleeping is for slackers. Right, yeah. Well, I, I did do this online quiz where you, know, you list all your skills and then it uses this kind of algorithm to calculate your ideal career and mine was marketing. Mm. And according to the CatCo website, marketing ranks high in potential salary, future growth, and interestingly enough, work-life balance, which, what do you think? I think that it is the most pathetic thing I have ever heard. Oh, okay. You can't internet search a calling, Kira. A calling is something that is within you. Do you think that Supergirl is a hero because flying is one of her skills? No, she's a hero because she has a need to help people to protect the planet. Look inward and figure out what Kara Danvers needs to do with her life. I am granting you two more days as in 48 hours and whatever you do, don't come back with the results of a Rorschach test. As she returns home for her date with James, Kara sees a report on the TV of, of the spacecraft venture's engine exploding during its maiden flight. Kara rushes to save the craft, aided in her efforts by the arrival of her cousin, Superman. Need a hand? Hey, cuz! It's good to see you. This looks like a job for the both of us. Absolutely. Successful, Kara brings Clark back to the DEO, where everyone except Hank is cordial. Alex learns that he and Superman have a troubled past. What's on your mind, Agent Danvers? I know why you and Superman aren't the best of friends. Operation Emerald? How'd you find out about that? I cross-referenced your personnel file with Superman. Back when I first took over the DEO, I got a report of a meteorite coming down in the desert. Superman would work with us back then, so we both headed out to investigate. We got there, it was dark, and, uh, but I could see something down in the crater, green, glowing like an emerald. Didn't affect me, but when Superman got down there, he started heaving, passed out. It was kryptonite. I named it that. Superman wanted to destroy it all. But you kept it. He was not the only Kryptonian out there, Alex. The powers are limitless. Now we have a way to protect ourselves from it. Except them now includes my sister. Kara and Clark decide to investigate the company who partially built the venture, Luther Corp, now under the management of Lena Luther, sister to Lex Luthor, who assumed leadership following Lex's imprisonment. Lena wants to publicly rebrand Luther Corp in order to atone for her brother's many crimes. As their investigation turns up no results, Kara starts to believe Lena is sincere. At the DEO, Alex and Wynn discover that someone sabotaged the venture because Lena was supposed to be on the spacecraft. When Lena prepares to take off in a helicopter, a series of weapon drones arrive to kill her, but are thwarted by Supergirl and Superman. After saving Lena, Clark returns to the DEO where Wynn reveals the attacker to be a terrorist named John Corbin. At Alex's suggestion, Hank has a talk with Superman to settle their differences. People think we should talk. Well, what's there to talk about? You keep kryptonite here, John. Could kill me, could kill Kara. I would never let it be used like that. I know you wouldn't. But what happens when you're not in charge anymore? What happens if you get an order from a superior, the president herself? As long as you have kryptonite here, I can't be a part of what you do. In the meantime, Kara gets a lecture from Kat at work about her decision. Miss Grant, what's wrong? What could be wrong? 
I have followed every one of my passions. I've achieved everything I've ever wanted to achieve, and I'm at the very top of my game. The question is, Kira, what the hell is wrong with you? You're young, brilliant, and you have the world at your feet. You have the man you pine for, any job you wish for, and you stand there blinking like a doe in the headlights, frozen. I'm... Yeah, you know what? You're right, Miss Grant. You are absolutely right. In some areas of my life, I feel so strong and confident, and then in every other area, career, love, I... I don't know what to do. Dive. What do you mean? Like, like into a lake? You're standing on the shore, afraid to dive into the new waters, and you're afraid because you don't want to say goodbye to the mild-mannered, love-lorn Cara Danvers, the sweet and dutiful assistant to Cat Grant. You are standing there, looking out at your options, the icy blue water, the fast-flowing river, and the choppy sea, and they all look very appealing to you because you're dying to go for a swim, but you know that water is going to be cold, and the journey is going to be hard, and when you reach the other side, you will have become a new person and you're scared to meet that new version of yourself. Now, we all get used to our own personas and we're used to our own comfort zones, but trust me, in order to live, we must keep daring, keep diving. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Grant. You have 12 hours, 13 minutes, and four seconds. Tick tock. Right. At the public rebranding ceremony of Luther Corp, as simply L Corp, Lena is about to give a speech when she comes under attack. Both Supergirl and Superman arrive and find the Luther Corp building about to collapse. Working together, the cousins successfully save the structure, while Alex catches up with Corbin, who is posing as a police officer. He overpowers Alex and takes her hostage, revealing that Lex was the one who hired him to kill Lena, but Lena non-fatally shoots Corbin, saving Alex. In the aftermath, Clark shows Lena the Daily Planet headline of Corbin's capture. Thank you, Mr. Kim. This is exactly the kind of press my company needs after yesterday's attack. And thank you for including that part about me shooting the guy. That'll teach Lex to mess with me. It'll be the laughing stock of Cell Block X. <laughs> well, that's not exactly why I wrote it. I wrote it because it's the truth. I was wrong about you, Miss Luther. I'm sorry. Well, if I can make a believer out of Clark Kent, there's hope yet. <laughs> What about you, Miss Danvers? I didn't see your name on the byline. Uh, well, like I said, I'm not a reporter. You could have fooled me. I hope this isn't the last time we talk. I hope not either. Inspired by Clark and at Lena's suggestion, Clara finally tells Kat- Okay, uh, I made my decision. 43 minutes before the deadline. This better be good. I want to be a reporter. I can't believe I didn't see you before. Being a reporter is about connecting with people. It's about finding hidden truths and sharing it with the world. It's about service and telling the stories that need to be told in order to make the world a better, more comprehensible place. And it's going to make me the best version of myself because it will definitely push me out of my comfort zone. This is it for me. This is my calling. Open it. Is this my resume? 
The minute you came in to interview as my assistant, I had an instinct about you, so I scribbled reporter on your resume, and I stuffed it right here in this drawer, and I hired you on the spot. You knew even then? Hmm. How? Instincts. And I guess I saw a little bit of myself in you. Obviously, not your strip mall wardrobe, and I probably curse more in one day than you've cursed in your entire lifetime, but you have integrity to right wrongs and to see justice done. You inspire me, Kara. I can see the hero within you. Now get out and make me proud. Thank you, Miss Grant. You know, you do have a really good instinct about other people. Just letting them know how to live their best lives, that's... Please. I'm just glad that you decided to take the plunge. It's actually good advice for all of us. Are you sure you're okay? Uh, I will be. Kara and James agree that the two should remain friends. At the DEO, Hank makes Wynn an official member of the organization, while Clark decides to stick around and help out Kara. At the secret headquarters of Project Cadmus, Corbin is being experimented on by a woman who redubs him Metallo. All right, and then I'm going to move right ahead into episode two, The Last Children of Krypton. This episode was written by Robert Rovner and Caitlin Parrish, and like the first one, it was directed by Glenn Winter. Guest cast includes Tyler Hecklin as Clark Kent and Superman, Callista Flockhart as Cat Grant, Frederick Schmidt as John Corbin slash Metallo, Richard Tang as Dr. Gilchrist and Metallo 2, and Ian Gomez as Snapper Carr. Now for our synopsis, also brought to you by Wikipedia. During a day of saving National City, both Supergirl and Superman enjoy the fun at the expense of Hank, who is still not happy about Clark being at the DEO, and when the comatose Kryptonian starts to absorb the kryptonite, it becomes clear to Clark that he isn't happy about what Hank is doing as well. It started happening last night. All energy resources at the DEO suddenly diverted to him. You're exposing him to kryptonite? He's a survivor, not a prisoner. It's a precaution. We don't know anything about him. Oh, power is back at 100%. His vitals have jumped again. It's at the same rate as the power drain. He's repairing himself at a cellular level? It's like photosynthesis. His cells are absorbing the electrical energy and converting them to chemical energy. You should test his levels again now that he's... We've got this, Superman. <laughs> sure you do. I should go. Later on at Catco, Cat introduced Kara to her new boss, Snapper Carr, but somehow doesn't return the favor and doesn't want anything to do with Kara as a reporter. The bonding of Clark and Kara is also causing a rift between Kara and Alex, especially after she invited Clark to dinner at her apartment. That night at Project Cadmus, the woman finally introduced the now-surviving John Corbin to his new life as Metallo, who is now the organization's prototypical cyborg and equipped with, with kryptonite-infused powers. And when Clark and Kara see a man about to jump into the river on TV, the cousins arrive to save him, but it was a trick by Metallo, who makes his introduction known by attacking them. When Kara and Clark return to the DEO, the Man of Steel makes his feelings known about how someone could get their hands on kryptonite. You told me that only the DEO had access to kryptonite. So how would you like to explain what just happened out there? A kryptonite-charged cyborg almost killed Kara, almost killed me. Start talking, John. A shipment went missing four months ago. We've done all we can to find it. Four months ago? Went missing. Stolen. We thought it was an inside job, but everyone in the transport came up clean. So you have a mole? We don't know that. If you had gotten rid of it when I told you to... You would have been helpless when Nan and Astra launched Myriad. 
Or have you forgotten it was a force even the Man of Steel couldn't defeat? Oh, Superman and Martian Manhunter are gonna fight. This is terrible. This is awesome. We have given our lives protecting the people of Earth. If you cared about Kara at all, watch what you say. Or what? And soon are seeing a message from Cadmus warning that they are at war with aliens. When Clark notices fragments of Metallo's endoskeleton on his fist, he and Hank race to the Fortress of Solitude. Your parents? Yes. You speak Kryptonian. Both men without a home, Cal. If we don't preserve each other's history, who will? Can't have it both ways, John. Can't offer friendship with one hand and kryptonite with the other. I have to. Why? Because Mars is a crypt. Because angry gods burned our young and we were helpless to stop them. Because I will not be caught unprepared again. Hate me if you want. It is what it is. I don't hate you, John. I just don't trust you. Because you don't trust me. We should have been allies. Is Kryptonite really worth us being alone in this fight? And after the two air out issues, they traced it to a mineral called Prometheum. Both Kara and Clark, with Wind's help, are able to track down Metallo, but soon discover that he tricked them again. He tells them that another Metallo has entered Metropolis and has destroyed Krypton Park. When they arrive to see the damage, Clark blames himself for not being there. Back at the DEO, Wynn and Alex come up with a plan to catch a mole who tipped off Project Cadmus into stealing the Kryptonite by using a Geiger counter and it pays off. With Alex telling the trader to help prepare the next shipment to a warehouse, when the mole arrived, Alex wants him to reveal his employer, but the woman and her henchmen were already waiting for Alex and the mole is killed. The woman then confronted Alex about her father and tempts her to join. But Alex says no, so the woman leaves her henchmen to kill Alex. But both men are defeated by Alex and Kara, who show up to apologize. Later on, Wynn tells Kara and Clark that the anti-Kryptonite armor is ready just in time to take on the Metallos, with Superman battling one Metropolis, and Supergirl taking on Corbin in National City. The two give it their all, but as the Metallos destroy their armor, both receive backup from the Martian Manhunter and Alex, and both Metallos are killed as their Kryptonite weapons are destroyed. As Kara looks into Corbin's computerized eyes, she sends a message to Project Cadmus that this isn't over, and the woman watches this in agreement. With Metallo defeated, Hank hands over the custody of the Kryptonite to Superman. There it is, all the Kryptonite on Earth, encased in lead. I trust you'll do the right thing, Superman. Thank you. I'm gonna miss you, Wynn. Oh. Next time, let's, uh, let's, let's really hang out. Yes. Alex. I will do everything I can to find Jeremiah. I promise. Thank you. Tausha? But what's that mean? There's not really a word for it in your language. I guess the closest thing would be to be continued? I love you, Kara. I love you too, Cal. Kara then returned to Catco, as both herself and as Supergirl, to say goodbye to Cat, who has decided to move on to bigger and better things, and discover that James had been named Cat's successor. Kara also dealt with Snapper, who agreed to give Kara a chance. Kara then returned to the DEO to talk to the comatose Kryptonian to tell him everything will be alright, when all of a sudden, he comes to and starts choking Kara. All right, so, as as I mentioned before, I have two guests on the show with me to discuss these two episodes. I have, from Weekly Heroics, uh, the Two True Freaks Guide to Heroes on TV. Is that the full title of your obnoxiously long shows? 
<laughs> something like yeah, weekly heroic. I don't mean uh, you know, hero make up a new one every week. I think right. you know whatever spills out of our mouth when we're announcing it. Oh uh, no, weekly heroics: a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Yeah, I was the genius that decided I wanted to spit that out every time I podcast. But so, thank you, thanks for having me. No problem. And on my left, at least on the screen, rather, I have Tom Benier from well eighth grade. Wow, cool. <laughs> Yeah, Tom is one <laughs> well, of my yeah. oldest I've known, oldest I've, friends. I've known you since seventh grade, but yeah, yeah we yes, became friends grade. in eighth grade. I've mentioned this before on the show. Uh, when Lois and Clark was on in the nineties, one of us would call the other, and we basically talk about the show for an hour and a half. Too bad we didn't have the wherewithal to record all that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, basically wow, we did a, we did a podcast. Hindsight is twenty twenty. You, yeah, yeah, you would have had like twenty years with archives. It would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we used to watch the show separately and then well, yeah. call each other up and rewind it, you know, because VHS back then. Rewind it and then watch it again while we're on the phone with each other. What is this VHS of what you speak? No, we're all, all old enough to remember tapes <laughs> in this room. Aaron might not be. I don't know how, no. how far. He's like 30, I think. So. I don't know why I never got into I watched a little Lois and Clark, but I never, like, jumped on well, it. Yeah. You have to remember back then, you know, Sunday night, that was the only thing on. Right. And then, and then after that, you know, they might have a good Sunday night movie. But other than that, you know, that was really the only thing that was good on, on Sunday night. Yeah. yeah. And then they started shuffling it around. But, you know, that's talks for another time. We are here to talk about Superman's two appearances on Supergirl. You've already heard me synopsize the first two episodes of the of the of the season. As of this recording, the third episode has aired, but I don't believe any of us have watched it yet. No. No, no I haven't watched it. I came home and jumped right on here. Yeah. Which, which is actually kind of good, because we can talk about the first two without kind of being contaminated by the third. Yeah. Yeah, I almost watched it, but I went back and watched the first one uh, instead, so I could be a little more fresher in my head. Right. All right so well, I wouldn't. well, for me, it's on at 5 o'clock, but I can't sit there at work and watch it. That's because you have the wrong job. I, I work in I work in a little cubicle last week because I'm so behind on TV because I've been catching up. I have on my, my own computer, my own desk. I just can't watch it because I'm too busy watching other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can attest that having no job like me is is much easier on the the TV watching schedule. Yeah, I was I, <laughs> I I got so behind that I believe I watched late last week and Arrow, The Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow at my desk on my phone yeah, while while I was go. working. Thank God, for the, thank God for the CW app. Yeah, I've already had to consume Westworld, Ash vs. Evil Dead, and, and I started Rebels today. But, you know. uh, all right, so f- first thing we'll do is, well, I want to ask both of you, uh, what is uh, your experience uh, with this show? We'll, being that Tom was on my left, we'll start with uh, with you. When did you start watching the show? Well, I, I actually got to watch the first uh, episode, what, a month and a half early? Oh, when it leaked? Yeah, remember I, I told you about it? Right. I found it. I think it was like in August, and it didn't come on until the end of October. So I actually got to watch the episode first. And, you know, of course, you know, we found that I found out Dean Kane was going to be in it. And it just, it actually settled in. It didn't, it wasn't like it was awesome in the beginning. Right. You know, but it, it was just enough, you know, to keep you pulled in. Right. And, of course, now with this new season, and, Superman being on there is like, in my personal opinion, it beat out Flash and Arrow. Alright. Scott, how about, how about you? I, well, I know some of it. Why don't you tell the uh, tell the listeners your history with the show? Yeah, um, well, I watched, I think, 
I don't know if I, I don't think I watched the leak version of this one. I, I watched the early leak of the, the flash pilot. So I'll admit to that wrongdoing. Uh, but I think I waited till this one came out, you know, live basically. And I think I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I don't know what I was expecting, really. It looked like it was good, cheesy, DC comic-y stuff that looked like it should have been on the CW, where it is now, of course. Welcome home, Supergirl. And I don't know, I didn't watch any more after that for some odd reason. And I kept reading about it, and and it looked like it was getting good reviews, and unfortunately I like spoiled the Martian Manhunter reveal for myself before getting to watch it. And, and I think that's why I went back and started watching it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to just keep reading about all this and spoil the whole show for myself and then i'm gonna really regret not not watching it live and, and having some of these surprises actually happen to me uh along with everyone else so then i just went and consumed it in earnest and you know binge watched it in you know, a couple of days or whatever like i usually do and uh yeah i'm on board now i mean it's it's got its high points and low points just like any superhero show you know and some i just some character interactions and stuff not necessarily bore me, but I just can't relate as well because not a woman. You know, there's a lot of that. But I think it's pretty universally good show, and it, it grabbed me now, and not just for the sake of my podcast, but I'm I'm watching it as a fan. So, and when I read they were going to have Superman proper on it, I just blew my mind. I couldn't couldn't even believe that uh, you know WP DC head office would would allow it and it opens up some exciting possibilities anyway. Well, the interesting thing about the about the W whoever allowed Superman to be used, apparently from the story I heard, the producers went to WB or whomever and said, "We want Superman for an episode." And the response was, "You could have him for two. Yeah. Oh, hey. So, I don't know if, if they should any... have shot for four and worked their way down. <laughs> well, yeah, right. It's, I, I, it's still as they It's still as they say her show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I I've been watching the show from the beginning. I as I've said no, obviously no, numerous times on the regular show, Superman is my favorite fictional character, always was. You could probably put an S shield on a pile of dog crap and I'd probably watch it. <laughs> so yeah, it was called Quest for Peace, wasn't it? <laughs> you know what? The Quest for Peace is the first <laughs> Superman movie I remember seeing in the theaters as a child. For that reason alone, that movie has a special spot for me. Oh, I probably oh, I loved it as a kid and I watched it. No. I actually remember like, going and watching Supergirl at the theater. Yeah, I think I probably did too. I was told I saw Superman 3, but I have no memory of it as I was 2. Yeah, just like I was told I seen 2 in the theater, but I was like 2 years old. I right. definitely saw that one in the theater because Richard Pryor. So. Huge Richard Pryor fan back in the day. <laughs> so so anyway, I didn't watch the Leeds version just because, you know what, when I watch this thing, I, wanna, I don't like watching stuff on my computer if I can avoid it. And it's too much of a hassle to get it from my computer to the to the surround stand and the 55-inch TV. So I let it go. And I wasn't really super excited about it. Because, you know, as always, I had concerns. I knew Superman had to be accounted for somehow. I watched it, and I was pleasantly surprised by it. You know, it's, it's a little goofy. You know, it's got that Silver Age goofiness to it that takes a little, little while to get used to. I think after it... Oh, I don't know. It felt like a comfortable sweater to me. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't take me long to get used to it at all. <laughs> right. I, I'm i mostly a, a post-crisis guy, 86 Beyond, so. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying, though. Yeah, it was It was just, it was kind of alarmingly Silver Age. It's like, wow, I can't believe they're actually kind of going for this. Sorry, Mike. Go ahead. I think after the, the initial Order of 13 passed and they went into the back seven, 
they had a chance to adjust some of the issues the show was was having, you know, especially like the early on man hating feminism that was going on. <laughs> they they toned that down a bit, and you know, the season it portrayed it, it portrayed nicely. They, uh, you know, I had some issues with the way Superman was handled in various episodes. I've already gone into them, so I'm not going to go into them again. Kara's reaction in the Electron episode and the way he was handled during Myriad. So, with that being said, I was very concerned about how they were going to treat Superman to his face after kind of tearing the character down behind his back a little bit. Well, as you remember, everybody was, like, already making judgments even before they even started shooting. Right. About how he was going to be as Superman. Yeah, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. It happens with all of them. Stuff as petty as what he looks like, and, you know, it's just... You know, and he hasn't got the curl exactly, and you know the usual nerd stuff. Right. <laughs> so all right. So but yet now those same people are saying, you know, he's great. <laughs> you know what? That's how it happens all the time. It's it got, it's gone back as far as Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, right. If the internet existed in 1977 when or 76 when he was cast, it would have exploded then. It would have exploded over Michael Keaton. Yeah, and it did really. I mean, right. in the magazines, well, yeah, stuff, you know, the true. trade genre <laughs> magazines that we all collected and. Yeah, I mean, it's inevitable. Right, so. It's, it's we're, always, we're horrible, horrible nitpickers, us nerds. I'm trying to get better, and I didn't really try to make any judgment about the new Superman until I got to see him. Right, and, I'm, and I try not to do that, too. Still photos don't do it, anything for it. Yeah, you can point at cape clasps and shoulder pads, which the shoulder pads cape looked horrible when Dean Cain wore it. I don't know why anybody <laughs> thought it would yeah. look good now, but that's... I yeah, promised sure myself was... I wouldn't do that, but I did. <laughs> but no, my stuff like that I think is valid, and I think they must have done it just to differentiate him from her costume. I mean, they wanted because, you know, I don't know, because some nerd would nitpick that. Well, their costumes are exactly the same, so there you go. Here's something different, and we don't like that either. So, right. What are you going to do? You know, no, I agree. I wasn't a huge fan of the, the shoulder straps and, and that. I, but You know, and I'm one of those people, as much as I'd love to see the trunks back, I'm glad they're not. Because I just couldn't handle the internet freak out if they came back. Yeah, yeah, it would be alarming now. We've had almost a good decade of trunkless Superman, so <laughs> might as well go with it. <laughs> right, so, I, so, so like I said, I'm I'm okay with it. But I, you know what I want back? I want the LOS back on the cape. If that's, yeah, I agree with that. That's the hill I'm going to choose to die on. <laughs> All right, so before we go any further, I'm going to play a clip from Aaron Henley. He was going to join us, but we had to move the recording time. So he couldn't join us, but he recorded us a, a brief clip, and I'm going to play that now. Cool. Hello, Mike, and thanks for letting me come on to the show. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry I wasn't able to make it with everyone else, but, and I, but I really appreciate the opportunity to share some thoughts, and I look forward to hearing everyone else's thoughts on the episode. Well, the first two episodes of Season 2 of Supergirl, and what can I say? Well, I think I know what I'll say. The first thing I ever heard on a podcast. Oh. My. Lanta. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> we had so much goodness. I'm not going to take everyone's time, because I'm sure you've talked about a lot of the major points with Superman being Superman. Uh, Clark just being likable. Wynn being the ultimate fanboy. And Cat Grant being great mentor. Yeah, whew. I just finished watching the second episode, and okay, if this is any indication as to what the DC crossover for Invasion's going to be, oh, yes, I'm reduced to one-syllable words right now. <sighs> um, I liked how 
Clark and Carr worked together. I liked how they took time to not just do super feats, but be the Superman and Supergirl we know and love. Taking time to talk to the civilians, you know, reassure them everything's okay. The little, you know, wink to the family after Clark saves them. The, uh, <laughs> the you know, I used to change his diapers. You don't need to tell him that. Yep. Yeah, I think I really do. I mean, that that had me rolling. Then we get into the second episode, and we see how Cadmus is really starting to take shape as the main bad guy, which is good, because I already I get a better vibe for him um, than the Kryptonian uh, invasion from last season. I do think that there's going to be some big changes coming. I'm almost afraid to think that maybe Jeremiah is going to become Doomsday. Because that, that lady said, well, you wouldn't, it's better that you remember him as he was. I'm like, ooh, yeah, this this could be bad. <laughs> and um, I'm, yeah, I liked how John and Clark ha- were at odds with each other. And then they came together in the end of the second, excuse me, second episode. And then that whole fight scene, I mean, two Metallos, Martian Manhunter, Superman, Supergirl, and Alex in a power suit. Okay, can we just have the Justice League show up? <laughs> oh man, if if we got all four of these, Flash, Green Arrow in the same room together, I don't know if we could handle it. I don't think if we would even need the DC movie universe after something like that. Oh boy. The um one thing I'm interested in for next week's episode is Matt, the uh, appearance of Maggie Sawyer. I always loved Maggie Sawyer. And this is my opinion, but it's possible. Could we have a little Alex-Maggie romance going on? She says, yes, I haven't been on a date in two years. They've never actually said she's dating guys. So... Yeah, I'm not going to go any further than that. <clears throat> but... It's hit all the buttons for a Superman fan. We see probably the best Superman in a live-action role since Dean Cain. And the show, on the transition from from CBS to the CW, I was a little worried because the budget got slashed, but I don't notice any change in the quality of the show. In fact, it looks even better. The fight scenes look better. The threats seem more real. It, this show is where it needs to belong, is where it should have been in the first place. CBS started it, but I'm so happy CW picked it up. I'm so happy we're, the quality of the writing is just as high as it was before. I'm so looking forward to the next week's episode. And as we learned this episode, my friends, Kao Shaw. Kao Shaw. Thank you again, Mike. I appreciate the chance to... Uh, spend a few minutes talking with you guys about these episodes. I really look forward to hearing from you. And if anyone's at all interested in me, <laughs> you can find me at tangentsabound.libson.com. Um, I talk pretty much anything and everything geeky, so stop on over. In fact, to continue Superman-related stuff, I just covered the entire uh, Lois and Clark Superman series. Not not the TV series, the comic book series, which was right before DC Rebirth. I I explained it all in in the episode. So if you want to check me out, welcome, my friends. If not, hey, 
it's I appreciate just being able to talk to Superman for a few minutes. So thank you again for all your time, friends, and take care. And we're back. All right, so we, we got Tom on my left here. So, Tom, what were your thoughts on Tyler Hecklin in these two episodes of Superman? Oh, I think he played it perfectly. I mean, I know you say that, you know, it's too much of a cliche of Christopher Reeve, but... Don't steal my thunder. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he nailed that part. And I wouldn't be surprised if CW does offer him, you know, if they do decide to make a uh, spinoff. But I liked him back in when he was on Team Wolf, too. So I knew he was a good actor and he tried to, uh, he actually tried to play Batman before they casted a Ben Affleck. Ooh, okay, cool. Cause they were saying that he was up to the part and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, they came out and said, no, this Batman's going to be older. And then they casted right. Affleck. He wasn't the one they were thinking of casting in George Miller's, was he? Or, no, that was already cast. No, he, that, he, that Batman was already cast. I don't remember who it was, yeah. but. Or Superman. There was a Superman cast in that, too, but I don't remember. Yeah, DJ Catrona. I think it was Arnie Hammer that was cast. Yes, Arnie Hammer Yeah, was Batman. DJ Catrona, I believe. Well, I liked how they mixed in everything with uh, Cat Grant, too. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of it brought me back to the, you know, Rosa Clark uh, episode. Right, when she would throw herself, her, herself yeah, at him. She, kept trying to... <laughs> she was throwing it at Clark in that a lot, too. Yeah. Well, that yeah. that was com that was comics accurate because Cat would do that in the early post crisis comics. Mm-hmm. She would throw herself at Clark. Yeah, she was she was screwing around with everybody. Well, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> kind of the only person she wouldn't give it up is Jimmy. Jimmy, <laughs> stop Jimmy from trying. Right. Oh yeah, I know, right? That it turned out they were related or something. Like that. Yeah, they, it did. Uh, yeah, it's not. We can think about that in four years. <laughs> I I've done the math. I think that's when Lois and Clark comes up in the schedule. All right, so. Scott, I'll have watched it, but, I, yeah, I promise. I think... <laughs> oh, go ahead, Tom. But was it, you know, the ratings good because, you know, Superman was in it, or was it because it was good because the show was good? Well, I don't know. You know, there was a big uh, hoopla about the the Monday night ratings of where a record said it broke an eight-year record for... For CW. But, for CW on a Monday night, and I guess I'm going to go the, into this the, now. It was only three million viewers. I think apparently that's yeah, a good... But, CW and they that lost is. like three but million from CBS. Isn't that more of an indictment on what CW had on Monday nights? Yeah, kind of, yeah. You, it, they didn't really discuss how high the bar was to right. beat on that. They're just like, hey, this is the best one. Like, well, you know, it it's still <laughs> compared to what though? <laughs> it's still lower. I mean, eight years was that when they had that nine hundred two one zero remake? Maybe uh, missed that one. I did too. <laughs> oh. But anyway, you know, it's a low bar at that moment. I mean, it didn't do as well as the Flash premiere a week earlier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't know where it's going to land. I mean, it lost, according to the early numbers, 400,000 viewers for the second week. You know, so we don't know yet where the show is going to settle. But what's really unfortunate for this show is that on CBS, it had a much wider audience. It had 12 Yeah, million. but look at what other shows CBS has on. Right. It's, the numbers weren't you good know, enough. For the amount of money that they were paying. Right. It's more, wor- it's more worth to get twice as many viewers with, with the Big Bang Theory. From yeah. a number standpoint, it didn't make sense for CBS. So it's unfortunate that that the show was losing the audience that it had. You know, because I don't think everybody gets the CW. I don't think it's avail- widely available right. as CBS. So that's one of those things that's unfortunate for the show. But I really think the show, you know, the show's going to find a good home on, on CW. I was really surprised when I read about it, you know, coming into existence at all. And, you know, I figured it probably would be on the CW. And I was surprised when CBS picked it up. I know they're probably, they're in. They're owned by Warner, too, aren't they? Or Who, CBS? Yeah. 
No, CBS is owned uh, by. Oh no, I think I think CBS owned CW. Well, C- CBS oh, okay. owned CBS owns a part of CW with Warner Brothers, so they yeah. sh- they share ownership. So the show was fortunate that CBS allowed it to go to CW. Yeah, CBS absolutely. could have could have just as easily said no. And we're not going to hold on to the rights. Well, yeah, but that's also why Gotham's on Fox. You got all this DC, you know, TV that's coming out, and it's all on CW. Right. You know, Fox took Gotham. CBS figured they'd take Supergirl. Well, you'll find a more appreciative audience on CW. I mean, when you're watching it, you know, some of the ratings, it's probably a small percentage, but some of the ratings over at CBS is you have to take into account for there are some people that just, throw on one channel all night still. And, right. You know, they're a CBS family and they just sit there and consume what, and maybe some of them have, you know, have, uh, what is the, uh, it's not Arbitron, I'm thinking radio. Right. Nielsen. Uh, the, yeah, there we go. Nielsen families. Um, so, I mean, they, you know, as I said, they're, they're, they're going to always get a bigger audience at a major network, but, you know, it's going to be a more focused one. The ones that find it on CW, you know, are, are definitely, specifically looking for their superhero shows and not just kind of taking in whatever's fed to them on a Monday night. Right. You see, I, as far as the, technolo- the the viewing technology goes, I believe the, I hate calling it the nerd audience, but I will anyway, <laughs> will find the show. Yeah. Hell, who would ever thought that AMC would have a show that drew in 12 million viewers? Yeah. Like yeah. like The Walking Dead does. Yeah. So the people who want to watch, watch the show will find the show. No, no I think that frees is. them up creatively, too. I would think it would free up the writers to not have to be as worried about, you know, you know, or drawing in a wider crowd. They can kind of play right to us, you know, comic nerds at this point. Right. And that's what the Flash, Arrow, and Legends are doing. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're just kind of like, they're throwing it all on the table. It's like, well, try to keep up. You know, if you you want to understand what's going on, you might have to go to Comixology and look up some back issues at this point. Right. You know, they'll make no apologies about how comic-y they get. I, that's part of what I love about them. All right. So, Scott, what do you think of Tyler Hecklin? I really, man, I hate to almost follow Aaron's clip because that, that youngster is, uh, yeah, you're, you're 30, but you're still a youngster to me, Aaron. <laughs> um, he's an enthusiastic lad. Right. <laughs> and he's, like I said, I think I'd pretty much say what he did, and it just I was kind of jaw on the floor. Wow, I can't believe they're actually going here and I'm seeing this. And yeah, it's an absolute call out to, you know, us folks that were 9 and 10 in 1978 and, and believing a man could fly. I got no problem with that, man. It, right. it put a big grin on my face. So yeah, I, I'm all in. And, and I understand why, man, it must have been a tricky game to juggle with. Because they shot themselves in the foot when they did the boots and cape. You know, and acknowledged that Superman existed at all. You kind of knew that they would have to deal with it eventually, and and in better ways than I agree with you on how badly it was handled. It's almost the, you know, it's like no, we really have to have a guy in a suit if we're going to even right. acknowledge the existence. We can't just keep doing boots in the bottom of a cape and and have him become a hypnotized zombie. And, and no, we can't just. <laughs> We well, can't just bring him in and you know and not show him. Right. Well, what bugged me the most, I think, even more than that was that earlier in the first episode they said he was off in space. Fine. Yeah, that's fine. Leave that him works. there. Right, but you can't do that forever, you know. No, but and... don't bring him back in the same story. And oh, right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, eventually he's got to come back. But anyway, continue. No, but I mean that's how they they're going to get around him not flying in to help her with every shuttle that crashes. 
uh, you know, and you have to. Right. Uh, and I suspect it'll be quite a while before we see him again on the show. Uh, well, that was yeah. my understanding that they were going to use him for the uh, for the crossover. Judging, really, so that would I don't think so. Judging by what no, I've, I, I haven't read anything in that direction. Judging what what I've seen is. They are going to keep Supergirl separate in a separate universe, at least for yeah. now. And from what I've heard, that the crossover is at the end of the Supergirl episode. It's basically going to be the Flash going. Yeah, going to and say, hey, we got an alien invasion yeah, going on. We can really use your help. <laughs> and he's yeah. going to take her back to their universe. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, well. But, uh, you know, the door is open, though, though, you know, for them to eventually merge everything somehow. Some kind of crisis situation, maybe. Flashpoint was there. Yeah. yeah. Although they resolve that quicker than I thought they would. Uh, I don't exactly, know. I, they they could have done a lot more with that for for that uh, season premiere. Yeah, it was very disappointing, actually. Well, I think but, Flash is going to be a slow burn. But personally, man, I, I yeah, I loved his portrayal of it. I loved how they wrote it. Um, I had said I said to, to rank them against <laughs> other street supermen. It, only on TV. I mean, George Reeves is kind of the gold standard only because that was my absolute earliest right. recollection of Superman probably anywhere. Uh, maybe even before I saw it in print. You know, I, I saw an old, you know, Adventures of Superman show in black and white. So I don't even, I haven't watched enough Lois and Clark to, I, I love Dean Kane, how he looked in the suit and when he, you know, he got the heroic things and away from the soap opera stuff. I thought it was awesome when I saw of it. This just, as I said, it did did scream the '78 Superman, but in all the best ways, and in, in, in more ways, it was Golden Age Superman, Super uh, Silver Age Superman. So yeah, I was all in because that's I think that's my Superman. <laughs> I don't begrudge anyone else liking like the Snyder stuff and right. all that, but that this is kind of my ideal of it, and I'm all about the symbology exactly. of, of iconic. Right. You know, he's the most iconic hero in the history of the genre so i mean i think especially if you're going to introduce them to a new audience you got to go iconic you go with the what's really been the core over you know his my god what like 80 year history now or something ridiculous like that or just about two years (laughs) so yeah i thought it was a great portrayal hope they bring him back I'd, i'd love to see his own show i understand the the kind of problems that would uh, yeah, I'd hate to see them do it and it'd just be like, okay, you boys watch this one and the girls will watch this one. Right. We, it was written for a certain fan base, uh, without a doubt, unapologetically, you know, almost to the point. And even the scenes, some of the, I, I praise the writing, but yeah, I could have done without kind of, the, as Aaron said, the, he loved it kind of, but I, I, the whole, you know, I used to change his diapers was a little cringeworthy. Yeah. I usually say hi. Me too. Way to go, Supergirl. That's Superman. I used to change his diapers. No way. Uh, I'm not exactly sure you have to tell them that. No, I think I, I really do. Uh, I see why they went there. You know, how it's hard to get mad at how infectiously giddy Kara gets in right. the show anyway. I mean, that's half the appeal of it. But yeah, that might have been just a small step too far. We <laughs> really needs to know who changed, you know. Superman. You almost don't even want to ever think about Superman having bowel movements. He's right. Kind of, uh, kind of iconic. Like, no, you just can't even picture you squatting over a toilet and wiping your... So that's just wrong. Um, so, um, <laughs> it's wrong that I even just said that. Uh, but yeah, uh, 
overall, 85, 90% of me loved it and, and wants more. Okay. Well, in a nutshell. <laughs> I liked it, you know. I'm not going to make no bones about the fact that I liked it. There were things I had issues with. Like, I thought in the first episode, you know, I think they kind of overcompensated for the Snyder movies a little bit, where he spent the whole episode grinning like an idiot. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, well, I don't know if it was intentional overcompensating, but it was definitely a conscious decision to go the polar opposite yeah, of it. And, yeah. and the problem I have with the Christopher Reeve movie callbacks, as much as I love those films, Superman Returns kind of ruined them for me. <laughs> you know, Ruined the original films? No, ruined the callback, the, the, the art <laughs> of call ba- calling back to them. Yeah, one of the most okay, cringe, but, one of the most which, cringeworthy moments I've seen in, on the screen. Superman is in that airplane. Brandon Routh trying to do the statistically flying line. Yeah, I cry for him during <laughs> when he. I have to watch him do that. <laughs> okay, worked okay. for me on the show though. <laughs> it, it did. It did work on the show. Yeah, but that was because it was uh, Lena Luther doing it. Yeah, right. And but which do you? Which would you have? Would you rather it been done like? The Supergirl show, or do you rather Ross uh, take? Well, as far as that line goes, as far as you know, Superman returns. Well, would you rather it done the Supergirl way? Where, yes, you know, I did. I liked most of what I liked all of what Tyler did. The only issue I had with it was I didn't see anything I hadn't seen before. You well, know, I, you're not you're not really going to. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not what you do to sell. You, I guess you can get away with that in the movies, and let's see dark and gritty Superman. Right. But that's not going to play if you're trying to introduce no. him to a wide audience on TV. But what, what I like, what I liked about this Superman is that we met him 12, 15 years, however long it's been, into his career as Superman. Yeah. So this yeah. is, I like the fact that we're seeing a Superman who is comfortable in his own skin. Well, see, there you go. That's something we haven't seen in a while, though. No, it's not because every time we've sure. seen, we've seen Superman. You know, we've seen it in the in the Man of Steel movies. We've seen it in every series there's ever been about Superman. It's always kind of started him off at base one, at the origin. So it's nice to be introduced to Superman as Superman. He's oh, there. yeah. He's there, living large, doing his thing. So That's I, what I'm saying. You said we haven't seen anything different from him, or you didn't see anything you haven't seen. Right. But having a veteran Superman is way different than Man of Steel movies. And, right. And Smallville, obviously. But oh, yeah. Let's not speak of that. <laughs> Not yet, at least. But no, Actually, I, I'm kind of upset that after all these years, Hulu is now streaming Smallville. Are there? Yeah, yeah. Well, the deal had to be made. So, so I liked I liked what what Tyler has done. You know, some sometimes I thought he was a little bland, but I don't know if that was a conscious decision to not have him outshine Supergirl. Yeah, well, exactly. But I'm of the opinion when no matter what show he's on, when Superman comes in, he has to be the most magnificent thing in the room. Because he's, well, because he's trade that pretty well, though. This is the first scene when he shows up at the DEO. It's right. like, you know, you can almost see Kara's jealousy and that, you know, everyone just kind of stands at attention and pays him this amazing respect right. that, you know, she's around there all the time and doesn't really get. And, right. you know, so it's going to add to her angst about it, which I'm not sure is a good thing, but it's a good I, thing thought, in I mo- thought they played it great. It's know. a good thing in moderation. You know, I don't I wouldn't want to see her angsty a lot of the time about it. But you know what happens when the when your rock star relative comes to town? Yeah, exactly. Right, and some of the stuff was a little overblown. Like I could have done without Alex uh, describing how much he how good he smelled. How good he smelled? Yeah, that was a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> he's kind of her step cousin ish thing, right. you know. <laughs> 
And wouldn't have Superman put his father in jail? What was that? Wouldn't Superman have put his father in jail the first time? Yeah, Superman did put his father in jail. Or at least that's what we're to assume. That the toy man ran oh, a yeah, of Superman. So I was actually shocked he didn't have, like, you know, there was, like, nothing brought up, you know, about that. I th- well, I think it was mentioned in the episode he was on. Well, he just mentioned that his father went to jail, but... Being that Superman, th- didn't Superman ask when how his father was doing or something to that effect? No, he asked, uh, no, he only brought up uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, yeah. Oh, okay. See, I, I really wouldn't mind seeing a, a, a handful of flashbacks with Superman. N- now yeah. that now that he's cast, so I'd love to see him drop her off. Yeah, sure. Or, or him and uh, John finding the uh, kryptonite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, give me more American Martian Manhunter and, and Superman together anytime. <laughs> yeah, well, you know they well they already brought you know they had the flashback of uh, him and Jeremiah, right? Of John, yeah. So why couldn't they you know kind of do that kind of thing with uh, Superman? Well, they could. It, it, I guess it all depends on how on how much WB is willing to let them have him. And two, you know, oh yeah, that's true. You you don't want to have him too that's much. The whole point. That he wears that as welcome. Right. Yeah, I think two episodes was and done for a while is, is a good call. Uh, he could show up for a 30-second flashback or something. I don't think that would like right. upset the, the balance of the universe any. But. <laughs> well, like, at least you know, have him on a couple episodes a you know, season. Yeah. Right, right because unless, unless they're going to make her story smaller. Right, yeah. Because one of the issues I have with season one, the threat was Kryptonian. Yeah, yeah, he should have that's been the kind. Of, that's the kind of thing Superman would be all over. You would think, yeah, or, you know, unless they could have done some kind of throwaway line, John, you know, talking about how they're they're hiding that they don't want him involved in Kryptonian stuff, you know, so they've been hiding the truth from him somehow. Right. Well, but, you know, yeah, that, that was kind of a big plot hole for me too. That he, you would think he would be all over that. <laughs> you know, there also could have been things like, okay, he's over there taking care of this part of the problem. But but we're not but we're not following him. That's true. You know, it's like I, uh, I guess we're supposed to assume since he was PO'd at um at John for and the DEO for having kryptonite that maybe he would have just kind of washed his. You know, it's like no, you want to keep this around, you can fight the Kryptonians. Screw you. Which I don't really see that's Superman not, that's doing. That's not something Superman yeah, but, would do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Superman's always yeah, but Superman's always had backup kryptonite. Yeah, you know, yeah, not yeah. you know, and they, things he can control, but. Well, yeah, it did go against uh, continuity a bit, having him dispose of it all. Apparently, presumably, at the end there. Uh, well, we don't we don't know what he did with it. Yeah, I Although was hoping I, I, I did love that. I did love that. Of him throwing it in the sun, that would have been been <laughs> 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 the way I'd go. I did love that shot though of him flying away with the box. Yeah, yeah, he could be just flying it over to Batman and be like, "Keep it up, you know." You need to hold on to this in case I ever go crazy. I don't. I don't trust an entire organization to do it, but I trust you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you could have just said something like, oh, "I'm going to take this to a friend of mine in Gotham City," and people would have lost their crap. You know? Well, people already <laughs> lost their crap with yeah. the "We're moving back to Gotham" line. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> people were planning the Batman appearance. So that's the, that's the next hurdle, baby. It's got to happen eventually. It's gotta. <laughs> you know, I said I said this before. I just like I just like knowing he's there. I like knowing that there's a greater universe out there whether yeah. we see it or not yeah yeah but but gotham is still part of this universe oh, it's yeah. just not the it's just is. not well yeah but i mean the show the show's still dc tv presumably not it's just still, across yes, the bay but, like, you know, right, but the thing about gotham is it's totally i mean it's totally different producers well yeah but it's still you know it's 
you know, pretty much like how Flash and Arrow and, and uh, Supergirl is already. It's just in a different world. You know, right. Different. Multiverse. Yeah, it's what? Earth, what would that be? Like Earth 4? Uh, CW is the multiverse. Uh, Gotham is just some imaginary story mm. that they wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there, I Not think, even Elseworlds. It's an imaginary story. I'm sorry. You know what? I've, I've given up on Gotham. <laughs> Actually, I haven't watched Gotham since the first season. You know, I, can't, I watched. Can't I watched it. the first season, and I I just stopped. I I couldn't get into it. You know, it was one of the, I watched the first two seasons, but you know, there's so much good stuff that came on this season that you know what? I'm not enjoying this enough to keep going. I have to cut my losses with a DC TV show somewhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is just too many and not enough hours in the day to w- uh, watch them all. Legends is teetering for me, but they're just doing too much crazy for me to give it up completely. Well, I've only watched the. The pilot, so the first episode so far, I haven't yet to watch the Justice Society. So yeah, I I kind of uh, fell asleep during last week's episode. So I, I love the characters that they're bringing out and everything, but man, I'm just not I'm just not a fan of how the actors are kind of phoning it in, and right. maybe they're just not giving good stuff to say. But some of the dialogue is just really cringeworthy compared to some of the other shows. But I digress. Right. This is a Superman thing. So, what did you guys think of the relationship between... Because what, what a lot of people really aren't talking about in this is this is the first live-action appearance of Superman and Supergirl together. Yeah, I mean, so, it's, it's amazing. I thought it was great. I thought they had great chemistry together. I thought just the role of him giving her, you know, mentor-like advice and even joking with her. I love the line about, you know, it's like a, it's a Kryptonian telepathic powers. You develop <laughs> it eventually. How do you do it all, Clark? You're an amazing reporter, a great boyfriend, and and Superman. I mean, I love being Supergirl. That part of my life is clear, but but the rest of it. You mean Jimmy? How'd you know that? It's a super telepathy. It's a power you'll get someday. Really? Yeah. Jimmy and I are friends. We talk. It's for so long, I kept my head down and moved forward and life was simple and now i have all these options an amazing guy at any job i want and i'm i'm stuck i i've been where you are i was trying to figure out how to be clark and superman yeah but you made it look so easy no it wasn't it's still not like all i know is that being Kara is just as important as being supergirl Come here. It's really nice. Trust yourself, Kara. Listen to your heart. If things are right with James, you'll know it. Yeah, just uh, the <laughs> Superman can joke with his cousin. Is right. Awesome. But yeah, I really, I really like the, the chemistry between the two. It, they probably didn't have a lot of time to, you know, to rehearse and stuff before they got together and worked together, but they sold it. I can't say enough about the uh, portrayal of Supergirl. It's no, almost over the top giddy sometimes, but it's just infectious. You know, it just takes you through the show no matter. But she makes it work. Yeah. You know, and she like... is a hell of a dramatic actress too. I mean, right. even some of it's in the contest. I, you know, I love I love her scrunchy, really angry uh, X-ray. You know, uh, heat vision face. She does a great angry heat vision right. face. Very important. Okay, I have a question. What's up with What's up with the blue heat vision? Yeah, 
I always wondered that myself, but I don't know. At that, first, that's... I thought it was like, okay, maybe it's, you know, that's her color. And then they used his, and it was like, he's got blue, too. Well, there's no, reason, there's no reason to believe their heat vision will be different colors. They just well, decided I... to go blue, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, that almost feels like some movie executive be like, we can't give him, you can use Superman, but no red heat vision. We have to have differences from their movies. <laughs> yeah, it's like, really? What the hell? I can't think of a... Is it cheaper to make blue heat vision and special <laughs> effects? Maybe. I don't know. Honestly, the one thing I really liked about Smallville was how it handled heat vision, which probably made the most sense. We just yeah. kind of saw the heat distortion emanate from his eyes. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. It would make yeah, more sense. Of, that's, that was a lot better than the uh, you know red beams coming out of their eyes. Yeah, it's, it's the <laughs> iconic vision of it, but... Well, what they, yeah, what they try to do with that with stuff... comic is, book they, science, it never made a heck of a lot of sense that, that Superman would just generate... I guess they've now tried to explain it or whatever. Well, you know, he, in the comics, that stuff was never designed to be visible. It just yeah. appeared as red so the reader knew what was going on. Right. It yeah. was a visual aid more than something that was supposed to be seen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Frost, Frost Breath is pretty damn silly, too, when you think about it. <laughs> yes. But I guess. Literally, I can, your, your breath is going to come out at the same temperature of your body, if you're Kryptonian or not. <laughs> unless he knows how to compress his lungs or something. Yeah, yeah, so a little cooling system in there somewhere. Yeah. You don't as humans. Whatever. Comic book well, science. Comic book science, yeah. <laughs> you know, when Bob Fisher and I recorded the Panic in the Sky episode, we said that a lot. Comic book science. So, yes, well, the heat vision is just blue. It's one of those things you just kind of got to accept. Yeah, yeah. So. Not going to be a deal breaker for me. No. <laughs> Tom, did you weigh in on uh, their relationship? Oh, I actually, I agree. I think their relationship worked out perfectly. The... He was trying to be there for her, and, you know, he knew, you know, when to step back, you know, like, pretty much like the line at the end, was at the end of the first one, where uh, she asked him, you know, oh, are, are you mad that I got all the credit? Right. So it was like, you know, he he stepped back and let her, he didn't want to overshadow her. Right. Yeah. So. Her angst about that is, was set up the whole first season, you know, I mean. Basically, and this was this was a very oh, yeah. police foul for all that. So I don't right. think we're going to need to see a lot of Kara angst about her cousin after no. this. I think it kind of no. solved the issue. Right. And um, one of the things I really really liked one they they both did work very well together. See when when they show up though at the the venture, you don't really know how much they've seen each other. Yeah. So it was they seemed a little more familiar than I guess. Well, they yeah, because all we know is that you know he just. All we know is that he just dropped her off, you know, when she was a kid, and that was the last time, he, you know, they seen each other. Yeah, but I mean, I, I had no well, problem believing that they've had contact over right. the years. Plus, they chat. You can get old, you can get to know a person a lot through a Facebook Messenger, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like that they highlighted the things, the different things that each of them bring to that relationship. It doesn't bother you that I got top credit on this one, does it? Not even a little bit. Honestly, I've never been more offended. Really, I'm flying <laughs> home right now. No, I'm very proud just to be working beside you. In fact, I was thinking that I'd stick around for a little while. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't realize how nice it was to be around someone like me, you know? Just to be with family. Me too. And I know everything there is to know about Krypton from the archives and the fortress, but I really like it when you tell me stories about home. You, know, you make it real. So maybe while I'm here, you can tell me some more about my parents? Of course. I would love nothing more. Mm -hmm. That sh she has memories of Krypton that he doesn't. And, you know, you can't get everything from the archives. 
Yeah, yeah, that was I really like that she brought, she can bring that for him and he can bring kind of the earth stuff to him. Like, I I love their chat in the first episode about how, you know, because she, how she pointed out that he seemed to have it all figured out. I, I, I maybe wish they had that chat someplace else. Some, yeah, some, some secret identity. Yeah, there was Kryptonian telepathy they were using. Yes. So no one could hear them. Yeah. It is people. very possible they were talking Kryptonian. Yeah. Who'd know in the middle of Metropolis right. or Natural Right, City. and that's exactly it. Yeah. But, you know, if they were, maybe the show could have done something, you know? Because there are plenty of shows that'll show aliens, they'll talk in their language for a minute. Yeah. With yeah, subtitles, and, then, and then segue into English. Yeah. Maybe if they'd done something to indicate they weren't speaking English. That would have been nicer, yeah, as you said. Go have, you know, go talk in a dark corner of a cafe or something right, right in the middle of the street. Of the street. <laughs> Anyone can recognize. But other than that, I really like that talk. Yeah. And I really like that even he didn't have, doesn't always have it all together all the time. So I like that they can go to each other about about different aspects of their lives. She brings the Kryptonian stuff, and he brings a lot of the a lot of his Earth experience. Because I did always kind of find it... it Odd to bring him. It's odd to bring him in now, in the second season. I thought the setup was good, though. I mean, they it was simple throwaway lines, but it's right. one person saying, "I hope he sees this," right? And you know, someone saying, "I hope she sees this," and yeah. it was a big enough threat that they, you know, that would make sense that, that Clark would get wind of it quick enough to to go act upon it. Right. The physics of catching a plane are not easy. <laughs> I'm so sure. It yeah. Was not, you know, <laughs> one of, have tried and failed. One 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 of them have. Could have done it, but it was a lot easier for both of them to do it. And you cannot tell me that you didn't have a little uh, geekgasm when uh, when he was using the freeze breath on the engines with just the fist, you know, pose, and it was classic. Oh, yeah, I, that, that that was that was classic. Yeah. And the, I had a geekgasm during the shirt rip, although I am quite concerned about how he treats designer ties. <laughs> Those things are not cheap no, to be throwing them in an alley salary. like that. <laughs> He's lucky he can afford a tie. Sounds like him. Perry's getting really bored of his uh, colloquialisms, and you know he's, he's probably not going to have his job much longer. Uh, you know, after <laughs> yeah, after being around for well, he, he should be have been around long enough to get a, get enough uh, street enough cred with Perry. I think Clark just he you know to some of his uh, earliest learning of the English language was you know watching old movies with Ma and Pa Kent, so probably so he picked up all the old lickety split jiffies and. <laughs> Cornbread Midwestern yeah. boy. You know, right at the end of the second episode when he's talking to yeah, Mr. White like, again, <laughs> you know, because I thought they overdid it with some of the Chris Reeve references. If he said, sorry, I've been That's away so long, <laughs> I, as soon as I heard her yell at him, I'm like, okay, this is how this is going to go. <laughs> but <laughs> if, earthquake if, in California yeah. caused by Luther? Yeah, I'm sorry. If, if he said, but if he I'm said sorry, at the end that he would never let Perry White down again, I was going <laughs> to lose it. No. Okay, good. He, they didn't go all the way with that. <laughs> With the ending line from Superman 2. Yeah. There was one thing, though, I thought they missed out on. An opportunity they, they missed out on. And... Because there was a line during uh, Sister Night, I believe it was. I, I've been thinking, though. What if I moved to Metropolis to be with Clark? Metropolis? Yeah, I mean, I think about it. National City would be safer without me around creating a target for Cadmus. Hank wouldn't have to worry about me feeling uncomfortable with kryptonite around. You, you'd be able to do your job at the DEO without worrying about me. Alex, if I was in Metropolis, Clark and I could protect the city and keep each other safe. And there's still so much I want to learn from him. What do you think? 
I think I've kept my mouth shut the entire time Clark has been here while you have ignored me. And, and now you want to just move away? I thought it would be good for you. You wouldn't have to take care of me anymore. What about us taking care of each other? My whole childhood was, was spent making sure that nobody found out. I, I gave up a medical career to join the DEO for you. And my, my whole life has been about protecting you. I thought you said it was a great adventure. Yes. But it's cost me a lot. It cost me my father. Alex, we're going to find him. Yeah? Well, how are we going to do that with you and Metropolis? Don't do that. This is not about one family over the other. This is about me not feeling alone anymore. When I'm with Clark, I feel like I'm connected to somebody who actually understands what it's like to be me. So does he understand that he abandoned you with us? Do you? I found it weird that she was in a move to Metropolis so sudden, suddenly. But Alex has that line about how he basically abandoned her with the Danvers. Mm, yeah. And, and she's not wrong. And I just would have loved to have seen Kara ask him about it. Yeah. You know, it didn't have to be a big angsty thing. Yeah, it's like, why did you just take me to the Fortress of Solitude and have the robots raise me or something? <laughs> right, <you know>? and <laughs> just just to just to see what he said. Because when, when you think about it, in the context of Superman, what he does is kind of a dick move. It's a little irresponsible too. Just to kind of drop your alien, you know, alien sister, who's pretty much the second strongest being on the planet at that time. This is the you only know. other surviving member of your race, and you just kind of throw, leave, <laughs> yeah. drop him off somewhere. And so I would have loved to just see her ask about that. You know, but the boy was busy tending to Brainiac and Luther, and who knows? Well, oh my God! The prevailing rumor now is that. Uh, Jeremiah might become Doomsday or something, which I really hope they don't do. <laughs> At least that was uh, also kind of Aaron's uh, prediction there. That I don't, miss. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be Doomsday. I don't think they're going to bring Doomsday into Supergirl. And that'll that might be a deal breaker for me. That just I, seems kind of too rushed and I stupid. Think, <laughs> I think the more likely the cyborg Superman. Yeah, that'd be cool. And why not? You've got a former <laughs> Superman actor yeah. in that role. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. I don't know if. Uh, Dean fits into the suit as well anymore. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I'll bet Dean could probably pull it off a little bit better now with, with some CGI help. He's not going to be in the suit completely. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. One, of the, from the neck up. <laughs> one of my criticisms about Dean Kane as Lois and Clark, and, and Lois and Clark, and I mentioned this when I was on Supergirl Radio a few weeks back. As Superman, Dean Kane was never comfortable. Never looked comfortable in the suit. Mm-hmm. As in my now a more inexperienced actor, I think he could. Pull something off better now than he could then. I don't think spandex is supposed to be comfortable. It's supposed to be all about the image. I don't know. <laughs> okay. No. So, so what I was saying about, about Superman, dropping her off at the Danvers, at least he didn't do this. I've got in front of me Supergirl's initial appearance in Action Comics number 252 from 1961. They mm-hmm. He meets her. They find out that they're related. Supergirl says, thanks, cousin, Su- Superman. And she's crying. You mean I'll come and live with you? Superman says, um, no. That wouldn't work. You see, I've adopted a secret identity on Earth which might be jeopardized, but I have a great idea for your future life. First, let's see if you can fly. And he basically dumps her in an orphanage until she gets used to her powers. <laughs> Putting the entire orphanage at risk, basically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. She wakes up from a nightmare and incinerates all of her. <laughs> you can't... 
there's, there's no universe in which you can defend that. <laughs> no, not really, no. But I would have uh, liked to... There was a writer out of deadlines at that point. It was like, I can get this issue out. What do we do? <laughs> it, was al- it was also whenever that was. Yeah, yeah. When was that? Unwanted children just get sent away. That was also <laughs> 1959, so... Yeah. But, you know, I would have liked to have seen what he said, you know. You know, something to the extent of he wasn't ready or something. He didn't know how. And he felt they were the best equipped. He, he was at least friends with the people he left them with. Yeah, yeah, that's so, a good thing. <laughs> well, I have well, to imagine he was keeping care of On the beginning of the show, she said that, you know, he left her there so he could have the same upbringing as he did. Yeah, yeah, he did say something to that effect, I think. Which kind of makes sense, but, you know. I guess we don't know if Ma Pa Kenter is still alive in this universe at all. I'm guessing. Really? I'm probably guessing not. Yeah. Yeah, my daughter's reading uh, uh, Supergirl Goes to Super High or something like that, to where in that story, he leaves her with Martha and Jonathan. Okay, see, that that would have been my first choice if they're still around. Right, at that point, maybe they weren't. Because that's what he did after she was reintroduced in early 2000s. She went to live with Mom and Pa Ken. Mm-hmm. Who now, see, Man of Steel, Ma Kent, would be fine to take down Kara. You know, she's only like 50-ish. Right. right. <laughs> At that point, uh, in the comics, Ma and Pa were pretty old. So Yeah, yeah. And then Wonder Woman abducted her, and all kinds of good stuff happened from there. Linda Carter this week, right? Yeah, I believe That's, so, as the president. Isn't it? Yeah. So what well, did of you course, guys... the show would say that there's a female president. You know, it's not the first time on TV. But if she if she does utter like one Hillaryism, I'm done. Though that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hillary already kind of co-opted something from this show. So, oh God, really? The, yeah, <laughs> I the, that. the stronger together thing. Oh God, that's right. Yeah, now, that oh, was episode. No. <laughs> that was episode two. Yeah, <laughs> I discovered that too. I didn't even. Make the connection though. Yeah, she has been using that, hasn't she? Yeah, she has. Ah, oh, that's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the presidential candidate away from my superheroes, please. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I don't care who you're for. I hate when people, I hate seeing memes that are, you know, like one of my nerd properties. There's a lot of Star Trek and Star Wars ones out there, too. Right. Like, no. Oh, no, no. Please let me have one little escape still from the world of crazy politics that we've created. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you guys think of the threats that they faced in both episodes? Uh, I was our ego first, Scott. I, I don't just like you know, Metallo, I mean it's just classic and uh it's a definitely a foe that's worthy of both of them and we got the iconic kind of crisis supergirl's dad scene, you know. Um yeah. so and and you know, just the for all kinds of reasons the first save of the shuttle there was I said I just like perfection in my opinion yeah i just i do have nitpicks about the shows i, I don't like that they just while i'm still thinking about it I, I don't like that they just all of a sudden made Kara decide that she didn't want to be with james you know, yeah that was kind of weird. building it up the whole last season and i'm really gonna miss cat grant as a character so I'm, I'm i'm bummed that she's apparently kind of out of the picture at this point so. yeah and when we find that out i loved how that Kara's first uh Reaction was, are you dying? Yeah, yeah. People can leave without dying. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> but, the most extreme consequence. But that's why, that's one thing I don't like about it, too, is I don't see Cat Grant ever, like, 
leaving that job. You know, she like lives for her work and lives to be Cat Grant. See her just all of a sudden deciding to, to reinvent herself and, and leave things, especially after getting a fine new assistant in Miss Tessmacher. <laughs> um, I'm, I, after Miss Tessmacher ran off crying, I don't think she's coming back. <laughs> yeah, well, Cat does that to people. Um, I'm still not cool with. See, the the other thing that uh, Tyler sold to me is he sold to me that he could get away with, that he could make people believe Clark Kent and Superman are different people. He definitely had that Reeves polar opposite and bumbling, you know, and Kara still has it. She's just so up close to Kat so many times. It's like, would you please admit who you are? I mean, she already figured (laughs) it out in the last season. I think Kat knows. And then, they, oh, I'm sure she does, but I mean, I, I hated the, kind of the way they handled the, that in the last season that oh, she knows, and then she kind of almost admitted it, and then it was the lowest super great. I'm surprised she didn't try to jump off Niagara Falls, you know, just or, or building to prove that Kara was, uh, you know, Supergirl. Well, she almost kind of did, and they pulled the whole Martian Manhunter double thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which immediately made me think of Batman 66 or something. <laughs> And so, yeah, I, I just, that that's kind of an elephant in the room for me is let's like, just clear the air, you know, at least if right. she really is leaving, they could have kind of been like, you're right all along, you know, cat and cat could have been like, I knew I was, you know, come on, see your face two inches from me every day. And, right. you know, those glasses ain't cutting it me as a disguise. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you could also say the same thing about Barry White, too. Yeah, but I don't know. As I said, I think Tyler sold it better for me. I don't, his his two personalities are more polar opposites than Kara. And Kara is just Supergirl with freaking glasses. She on. is. And she's the same bubbly. She doesn't even alter her voice at all. No, nah, she's. You know, it's just it's completely transparent. <laughs> you know, that was always that's always why I always put Christopher Reeve at the top, even above George Reeves. He was the only one who could, who was able to convince me. Yeah, his, his whole people. physicality changed. Right. I mean, it was his a sea change between the two. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, iconic, uh, uh, you know, Lois goes in the bedroom and he takes off the glasses right. and stands up straight. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> everything about him deep, changes. Deep, deep voice, and then he, she comes out, he puts the glasses back on, and he's got the squeaky voice again. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Slight <laughs> slump, and yeah. <laughs> Dean Kane couldn't do that if he tried. Yeah. No, that was always my problem with Dean Kane. Is he didn't try to separate himself completely. Well, he brushed like, his hair. Well, yeah, his hair is slicked back. And that was that was pretty much it. But I don't think his voice has you know, had the range. I think it comes down to like Dean Kane actually has a more. See, Chris Reeves looks like an everyman, and so right. when he tried to act more like an everyman, he's more believable yep. as the everyman than he is the superhero. People like Dean Kane had like this chiseled, right. you know, jaw, and well, George Reeves that. too. That you just don't that. believe Dean people Kane. are, uh, you know, not see the Dean? the similarities. Yeah. But Dean I mean, Kane things like Batman and Cavill, like if you give them too big of a, you know, chin dimple, people right. are going <laughs> to notice that. <laughs> well, no, I mean, Dean Kane didn't even try. No. Yeah. You know, like he didn't try to be goofy or, you know, like trying to give an example. He was just like, well, Lo- Lois knows, who cares? The, the problem with the goofy Clark is... The Goofy Clark can only work in a movie when you only see him for two hours and then you don't see him again for a year or so. Mm-hmm. If you had to watch Goofy Clark on the course of a TV show, the shtick would get old really fast. Yeah, I, th- I so think Clark I has to be more of a more of a character than just a, a cipher. Yeah. So. And they've, well, they've done good things with that. Just like, like just right. like in this sh- in this show, you know, Tyler said that it was a 
you know, that was actually him being clumsy. It wasn't a, yeah, it wasn't I, an act. I like, I yeah. did like that. I did like a, no, nope, that was real. Yeah. Which, why not? Well, you know, why can't we believe a superhero is also a klutz, you know? Right. He just gets lucky and doesn't knock over buildings <laughs> when he tries to save people. Yes. He was good. I would, I would like to see him again. Oh, I, th- I think that the, the studio is, was happy about his, you know, interpretation. He got a lot of great reviews for it, so. Yeah. As much divisiveness as, like, the movies have caused, and it, as I said, it all comes down to personal taste, no judgment. Right. You, know, you either like the, the Dark Snyderverse or you like the iconic stuff, you know, which, which as long as the comic history is, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say the disclaimer again. I know there's been so many iterations of Superman over the years. I've right. only read a little sliver of them myself. Right. That you can literally not do a Superman and say it's wrong. Okay, I get that. You know, but it still is going to come down to kind of your personal right. Superman. So you're going to have those people who are loving the movies. That's great. And you're going to have people that are going to love, you know, this portrayal. <laughs> would In my dream world, would we have movies of both tones going on? Absolutely. But man, I'll be just as happy if they let my Superman exist on TV. Because I'll get to see probably more of them that way. So yeah, I think they would be very wise as a company to to allow this and allow more of it because uh, I don't know it's a tricky dance, man. Because right. the, you give them too much of that Superman on TV, those people probably aren't going to go to see the movies. <laughs> and if you only you know say okay, the only Superman you'll ever see is the one we're going to put in the movies, right. you're also going to piss people off. So no win the- situation. What- I would not want the job of like an executive in one of these companies to, you know, other than I'd get to sleep on a bed of money every night, um, you know, to make these decisions and have half the world always hating me. (laughs) As I said, the bed of money though, alleviates a lot of that pain. I'm sure it does. The problem with the movies is they have to, they can't just play to, to the, to the niche. These shows can, so they're a little freer in that respect. Yeah. And as I said, with CW. And there's not nearly as many hands in the kitchen. Yeah, they can even be more focused. Yeah, and it's it's nice that it's all under. Yeah, you can argue that maybe putting everything under Snyder's uh, control at first was not the best call by Warner Brothers. It should have uh, been, in my eyes, it should have been Jeff Johns from the beginning. Yeah, uh, but uh, Berlanti pretty much showed from day one that he he had a handle on crap and uh, was going to treat the properties pretty well that people are enjoying a lot. So. You know, a lot of so people, a lot of people like to throw kind of the grandmaster of things. Berlanti and Guggenheim under the bus for Green for the way Green Lantern turned out. But yeah, yeah, but Warner Brothers had their fingers in that too. Yeah, of course they did, and I'm still I'll, I'll actually defend that movie. Um, I agree with you. Issues it, it crashed horribly financially, but I don't think it was a horrible movie. No. I thought it was an adequate Green Lantern origin story. It was. They should have owned. Could have done without the parallax stuff. They they should have. I was thought they should have started him more in space, and I, I thought that like the training montage was too short and kind of hokey. But um, it had some good stuff going on for it, and, and I, I always said also that I think DC should have owned that. They yeah, should have just been I like, agree. "All right, no one wants to see it, but this is part of our universe now." You know, and then they could have moved forward and you know and used any Green Lantern at that point. Well, Harold Jordan got assigned to a different sector because right. him and Star Sapphire broke up. <laughs> Right, yeah, and Ryan Reynolds could have gone on his way, and yeah, but so yeah, they uh, bring in John Stewart or you know Kyle Rayner or whatever. I honestly, and I can't. I'm just pissed that I'm not going to get to see more Green Lanterns anywhere, pretty much to like 2020 at this point. 
Sorry. I, but... al- I almost wouldn't mind if... Almost if the movies kind of... And they never will because they're huge money makers, obviously. But they're not the best medium for for these characters. These characters were bo- were born of... When, weren't really born of it, but they developed into this. They really developed into serialized fiction. Yeah, completely. And, and I think part of the problem with the movies, and, and I'll give this to Marvel, too, um, in some of their efforts, is that they try to stuff too many stories into one movie to try to placate too many people. Be right. like, well, everyone loves all these comic runs, but we only have two hours, so let's cut up three of them and throw them in a blender and spit them out into one movie and, and, and wonder why people think it's an overblown mess right and that and that and i think a lot of that was the problem with batman v superman yeah they crammed way too much story into that if you had a t if you had a tv show you probably could have done that right over six episodes yeah sure you know and then you go back to doing the business as usual these characters are made for tv yeah they're not made to be seen once a year for two hours no no and i think marvel netflix is proven that uh, you know as much as anything else. It is. But you know what? At the same... But you're never going to see the other guys on TV. No. No, sadly. Because they're too big and they make too much... And they bring in too much money. Yeah, I'd love it if Marvel would, would loosen up. You know, I wouldn't actually mind at this point having a separate Marvel TV and movie universe. Oh, definitely. Because then you because... could do similar things, you know. I mean, you're... Anyone can wear a lot of those costumes. It doesn't always have to be Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth and, you know... Right. Well, they're they're doing great at it, but it's what it. Bottom line is, it is just kind of the costume that we're looking for. Well, it's kind of how the companies have always been known. Marvel's always been known as the company that kept everything together in continuity, and DC was always the one that had infinite arts. Yeah, no, I, I gave up when on buying Marvel comics when their continuity in the book started going haywire. I don't like it in the movies either. (laughs) I don't think I've got anything else, guys. You want to wrap this thing up? Yeah. uh, Yeah. No, I'm good. Uh, I just had a heck of a time. Big, big grin on my face through both episodes. And that's, that's what I'm looking for when I entertain it. Yeah. I was the same way. I was really excited, especially since I, when I got the, the, uh, you know, the, uh, as you said, Mike, when you seen yours, that it was, uh, you know, you want more. And then, right. you know, next day we got the whole thing. And it was like, you know, I couldn't wait for the show to start. Right. See, I was kind of lukewarm after the first episode, but it was the second episode that really sold me on it. Oh, no, I was sold after the first episode. Like I said, I think that show did better than Flash and Arrow combined. Right. I thought Tyler showed me more in the second half. I just the whole concept of it just turned me into a ten year old again. Right. So I was, you know, <laughs> right. pretty much yours at that point. Do whatever you want with me, <laughs> right. because you know he showed me he can be the grinning idiot in the first episode. Yeah, but I really like the stuff that he that he showed some toughness in the second episode. Yeah, yeah, with, with, with John and with the Metallo. So I really liked in the first episode. He just seemed happy to be there. In the second episode, he seemed a little more large and in charge, which is how I like to see Superman. Yeah, he's still about business. Oh, you know, he can right. be the, the friendly superhero and also get the job done, you know. I love the scene where they stop the kids on the bike, and she's like, I usually say hello, and he's like, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, of course you, guys, you do. Of course you do. Yeah. It's awesome. You guys <laughs> notice that they didn't even, like, check anybody on the ship. You know, they got it to land, and, you know, they just, like, flew off. They didn't, like, they didn't even take it. Yeah, but but they landed the thing. At least they didn't just fly off after the Senate blew up. Okay, I'll shut up. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, they did not show him flying off. 
I watched that theatrical cut. They did not show him flying off. I don't care. What, what was in the theater is what's canon, in my opinion. Well, I know. I'm just saying in the theater, they didn't show that. <laughs> yeah, well, then it doesn't exist. <laughs> the, uh, just like the, the Kryptonians getting rescued at the end of Superman 2. It doesn't exist. No, that does not exist either. <laughs> no. But I paid my 10 bucks for it to see. You should have showed me all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they Especially should. after three hours. <laughs> they should have shown you all of it. Now, the... Uh, I have to bring it up in the second episode, you know, the whole uh, you know, scratch my I scratched your uh, bumper and, you know, if the bullets didn't work, why the punch? Yeah, that yes. was punching. Hilarious, yeah. Uh, I think I may have scratched your bumper here. <laughs> See, now, if the bullets don't work, right? Why the punching? Never understood that. And I like that. You know what? He wasn't he was joking. Big. That's no, really something he, he probably big. wonders about. Well, because yeah. you got to see, he's been around, you know, a long time. That yeah. It's not like, you know, he's brand new, you know, like car, you know, everybody's just getting used to her. If you're alive, you know that Superman's out there. You know right. What, yeah. Why are you going to punch him? And that's such a classic, yeah, they're addressing, like, the classic trope of that. Right. And, and it's it's just so funny and humanizing to see the hero be like, oh, Jesus, this again? Yeah. You know, haven't and, you guys you learned know, yet? People pointed that, that, like, that was a big Wasting joke, my but time. I never thought he was making a wise-ass comment with that. No, no. He legitimately he does like, not understand why people are doing this. Yeah, it's like, stupid hairless apes, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are they thinking of? Yeah. Like, uh, you hit me with your car, I crushed your car. You shot me six times. So you're going to come and punch me in the face and not expect to break every bone in your hand. Yeah. I guess they could, you know, the one guy, he was the one guy who never heard of Superman. He must have just thought he was wearing bulletproof, you know, yeah, vest know. or something. But that was like, you know, but, but it reminded me of the Batman versus Superman where, you know, Batman's wailing on him and the kryptonite wears off. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, what are you going to do now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I didn't think he. Dro- I didn't like, think Superman dropped that guy hard enough to knock him out, but <laughs> but Super Supergirl punched the hell out of that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and you uh, know that you know a flick of her finger would have done the job just nicely. Well, he didn't even need to be there for that. No, but you know, went in town, went out, you know, give give the. Uh, well, it, yeah, you know, he was on vacation until the uh, Krypton Park was destroyed. Yeah, I, I think that's when he realized, oh crap, I better stop screwing around here. Well, the thing I love about this Superman, it's probably because he's he hasn't lost the joy of being a superhero, and, right. and Kara's just discovering it, and she's just giddy over it. But you know, he still loves saving people, right. so why not just do it if you're around? One one last thing I want to bring up before we wrap this thing up: What did you think of that scene where Kara wanted to move to Metropolis? Was that kind of out of left field? Because it seemed like it for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually really not a fan of her. Becoming a reporter, just like Clark, either in that I'm whole... not either. And honestly... For one, I'm with Snapper Carr, and that you should have a journalism degree if you're going to be a reporter, but... <laughs> That's the grumpy old journalism student. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of there, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, be- I believe I mentioned that, what was it, during the Daredevil show we did? Yeah, yeah, Karen when Page. Karen yeah. Page has showed up. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I did two years of it. <laughs> it wasn't easy stuff. <laughs> There's ethics to learn, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I feel they're working too hard to make her a clone of him. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it, no. And to be honest, with 
Cat no longer in the picture, and Wynn working at the at the DEO now. Yeah, I, I, there's not a whole very, lot of a reason for her to go to Catco at all. No, if we see very little of her working as a reporter, I'll be very happy about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd just soon see her in the on the, in the new DEO. That she may as well draw street. a paycheck from the DEO. Yeah, right. Why not? They got to pay better than a reporter salary. <laughs> it'd be <laughs> a lot better, you know. Convenience store clerk. It's better. Right. Than... <laughs> yeah. They in house refer to her as Agent Danvers. So yeah, yeah. It's like, so yeah. she's got to be official in some capacity. Give the girl a paycheck. Yeah, I guess the, the writers have time to fix that. She could just you know finally decide to go full time superheroing. Yeah, I wasn't was a little alarmed at, at that whole twist. Yeah, it's uh, like. They could have just had her not working with Cat anymore and just go up there occasionally. I didn't think Cat needed to leave. Yeah. But no, I don't I don't think she should be a clone of him though. No, no. It, Let it her, kinda takes away from the whole I wanna be my own person. Right. Thing. If, if you want her to be her own character, <laughs> yeah. Stop using all of its tropes. Yeah. Make her an interior designer for all I care. You know, lawyer, doctor, who cares? But yeah, just the exact same thing basically. Right. Not not a fan. No, I wasn't either. That's that's my not a deal breaker, but not a, not a deal of... breaker, but it's you know, <laughs> you know, beat me over the head with how she's her own person, make her her own person. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I have anything else. No, uh, no Supergirl I... News apparently Jimmy's going to become, uh, sorry, James is going to become Guardian, I guess, some iteration of that. We shall not she... talk about that. Well, we can. <laughs> I don't know. The only thing I know of Guardian is the, the, you know, the Death of Superman storyline where right. he showed up for five minutes and got his ass handed to him. Here, here's my issue with this. There have been decades of Jimmy Olsen comics where he's done everything under the sun. Oh, yeah. You know, why do they need to merge him with another character? Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like, it tells me, you know what, they've got this actor signed and they don't have any story for him. They have to force this this on him because they really have no, no story for him. Uh, just before I forget, i got to agree with Alan, or Alan, Aaron, that uh, Alex in, in Super Battle Armor is badass and she's my biggest crush on the show and i don't want her with maggie sawyer because she's mine that's all i'm gonna say about that <laughs> your equipment may not work for her <laughs> well you know <laughs> i i accept that everyone each to their own but i can still crush on it if i want yeah, you it's can. all fantasy <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure me and that actress aren't ever getting together in real life either <laughs> yes and and uh, you know one thing i, I again this is also a minor nitpick I'm, i was watching the second episode again before we started recording and i'm thinking Okay, she's got the, the Kryptonian battle armor. Metallo is punching her in the face. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. force field. Just, uh, <laughs> I guess. Comic science. Yes, well, more of that <laughs> comic science. Well, I brought this up to you before, Mike, that was like, okay, you know, that's happening. You know, he was fighting Metallo in uh, Metropolis. She was fighting Metallo in uh, Central City. National. National City. Or, or National City, sorry. Got shows mixed up. <laughs> uh, where the hell was Lois? You know, you would think Lois would be there, like covering it. You would yeah, think. They haven't cast Lois yet. <laughs> yeah, Lois hasn't been cast. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, they could have had like some, you know. They could have showed her shoes on the bottom she, of her dresser. She could have been in silhouette <laughs> from behind, holding a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> the the only had permission to play with some of the action figures. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. yeah, true. We'll take what they give us. We will. Glorious time to be a nerd. <laughs> It is. <laughs> you know, would you guys watch watch Tyler in a Superman show? Yeah, absolutely. I would, too. And I'd still watch Supergirl, too. So. I would, too. Uh, some people have said if you make a Superman show, you take away from Supergirl, but I don't see how. 
No, you know what you do? You put, you know, you keep Supergirl on Monday. You put his his show on uh, Friday. On, that way, they have the whole week. Eventually, one of those one of those two shows is going to go. Well, either either Arrow it, or uh, Legends. Vampire Diaries is that. Or let's well, just cut Vampire to the chase. Just cut to the chase, merge all you know, both both universes, and just have a Justice League Power Hour show. Two hour show. I'd watch that. <laughs> the Super Friends. <laughs> that, I'm sure that would be extremely cost uh, prohibitive. Yeah. Hey, Twenty years ago, I never thought I would see the yeah, Avengers on a movie screen. Arrow. I'm going to dream big. <laughs> Arrow was only is, is only made to be a five year show anyway. Oh, I hope not. Not necessarily. But, there's only yeah. five years of flashbacks. I've already heard some talk that. Well, well, I read that they had when they, you know, when they went to the studio with it, it was only supposed to be a five-year show. Yeah. So was Smallville. Well, sure. yeah, right. <laughs> we know how that turned out. Well, I'm not saying they're going to kill Arrow, but you know, everybody was complaining about it last year. I think that yeah. so far well, this year, Arrow has been good. Most plans are fluid depending on ratings. Yeah. Right. Look at you know. Look at Mash. Mash was what like seven years longer than the actual war it was about. Right. <laughs> so, anything's possible with the gods of ratings. As long as CW is happy with the ratings, they're going to yeah, they're going to keep it. And at some point, I don't think CW is going to want to be the DC TV network. Uh, I yeah, I mean, if it keeps oh, well, you got to remember that money started though. out as the WB. Yeah. So it was Warner Brother, you know. Network from the beginning. They're not doing a very good job at it. They don't want to be the superhero network. They keep adding more. <laughs> well, that's what's succeeding well, for them. I mean, even iZombie is a DC property. I could see, as long as we're on it, though, I could see Arrow leaving in not too distant future. Because what's going to happen ultimately is is the quality. It's, it hasn't really dropped yet. I mean, they still have amazing fight scenes on that show. But really, that's kind of the only thing going else. for it. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I'm I'm still intrigued by it for the most part, but but I mean, you're gonna see them focusing on you know whatever is gonna be the true winner. If if Flash is still bringing in the ratings and and Supergirl, they're gonna they're gonna have to move a lot of the effects budget over Supergirl. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they do. And, and Flash still, you know, we still got CGI monsters, and they need to move a little more over to Legends of Tomorrow because the, in the last episode, I know you haven't watched Mike. And no spoilers, really, but there's a little CGI effect on that that is about Scorpion King level of bad. If you know what I'm talking about, you mean you you mean it was worse than the uh, than the robot from uh, last season? Yeah, it was around that that level. Yeah, although I'm I still love that we got a giant robot on TV. So I a, we, a week before Civil much. War. Yeah, and giant man essentially, right. <laughs> giant Adam. Um, yeah, so as bad as that looked, I was still yelling and dancing in my living room <laughs> but yeah so i think if any show is going to suffer it'll probably be arrow ultimately um and that'll be the first to go of all of them just like uh, which would make prediction. sense it's also the oldest yeah yeah so and and as tom said they they could legitimately wrap it up at, at five years if they have a, a decent end point you know we would have it would have been a complete arc we would have seen all of his flashbacks and everything that's going on now and Ali could have a heroic death or something or whatever they want to do with him. I think that, I think they'd still want to keep him around. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't really ever want to burn that bridge, I don't think. But if you don't think you're going to get Stephen Amell back to make guest appearances, it might be the way to go. You can always bring in a new Green Arrow anytime you want. Right. You know? Well, he's not going to well, make a lucrative career doing Ninja Turtles movies. Well, no. If they're going to end Arrow, 
And I'd rather see, you know, a Superman show than Constantine. Yeah. yeah. Why can't we have both? I'm just going to dream big. Right. I'm just going to have everybody. Okay, <laughs> Justice gonna, League. Where's my legion of superheroes? <laughs> but they're gonna they're making some... a Krypton show over on Sci-Fi Channel, which I'm still not sure we need, but I no, guess why not. And I'm not really sure I want it. Yeah, I just I don't even care. I, I really find no way to care about it. Yeah, I don't really care about it either. <laughs> and I know at some point I'm going to have to address it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's going to be about the grandfather, so it's not going to be a Superman show. Right, and you know, right, but it's uh, still Superman related. Newsflash: We all know how that story ends. It's Everybody kinda, dies. That's why I could never get into <laughs> Caprica from Battlestar Galactica. It's right. like I don't care. Give me Cylons fighting humans. Right. <laughs> I don't care how they started. Really, <laughs> it's just me. Just I me. Know. I really have don't have any interest in where that is going. Yeah. I do hope we see Tyler again. You know, I'm sure we will. Yeah, I mean, you know, even at the low bar, if it you know broke records, they they're gonna have to tribute some of that to the team up. So, well, uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens once the ratings come out for the third episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, we still got to see where this show is gonna settle, but I would definitely want to see Tyler again. You know, one thing that always concerned me is he'd be the first Superman without his own vehicle. He's, ba- yeah. he's basically showing up as a guest star. Yeah, so it's weird I, territory. I don't want to see him come in for two episodes and then be forgotten. It might be the best way to do it for a while, though. I mean, right? I just, I really wish that the the universes were merged, though, because it it would, you know, why? I would love to see him and the Flash do stuff together. That would yeah, be I was, <laughs> I was really hoping, I was really disappointed when they said they were were not going to merge the universes. Yeah, because. And I, they gotta I, have some iteration of him show up on Legends somewhere down the line, man. And why not Tyler at this point? Why well, wouldn't I am you? convinced that Superman does exist as far as Legends goes. Yeah, well, like the first episode, Rip Hunter said, you know, I've, I I've no watched Men of Steel and Ball. Men of Steel die. I've seen darker days. I've seen Men of Steel die and Dark Knights fall, and even then, I accomplish my mission no matter what. He's out there. He is. He's, he's there. <laughs> yeah. And now he is. Because we do know that this world does exist in that multiverse. Yeah. yeah. Because. Absolutely. But with all yeah, that's that, probably going to be the reason not to bring him over for the invasion thing. It's like, well, you, if I'm leaving, I'm going to have to leave my cousin here to take care of stuff. Right. Well, like, okay. Which, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. But they need to merge these universes. Yeah. You it know? just like makes I said, so much I, sense. I don't, need this, I don't need to see him all the time, but. I like yeah. knowing that it's a full DC universe. You do a little one once a year, like they have been. You know, yeah. it's it's it doesn't have to be invasive on the other shows. Bring him along for the crossover. You could just, as I said, you just have Legends is you know kind of this version of almost the Justice League. I almost wish they would stop the time traveling shenanigans and just kind of be the League or something. You know, or, or something. But, the Legend, such a presumptuous name. Ah, uh, yeah, just ah. Uh, <laughs> they just better keep feeding me good, more good Golden Age and Silver Age silliness if right. they want to keep me, because the writing is kind of really atrocious on that sometimes. It is. So, <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to see him keep being a rating stunt, though. Like, I don't want to hear that all of the Super Ghost has low ratings. Here comes Superman. Yeah. No, I hope not too. So, because um, that that defeats the entire purpose of even letting it exist right. at that point. So. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I like the way they use him in these first two episodes. And as much as I would love to see Superman every week, I only want to see him sparingly on this show. Yeah. If at all. Or either, or either that, we just got to wait four years after Supergirl. It's usually every four years we get a new show anyway. I hate that I have to hope that Justice League, the movie, bombs horribly. I hate that I'm like in the mode to hate that. So maybe they they redirect, you know. I, I they've think, made I, some changes. I think they've redirected it, already. Yeah, the, the trailer gave me some hope, and I, I'm, I'm going to try my darndest to, to go out and watch it and, and enjoy it. Like this I is, did with versus this, you notice they're keeping quiet what Superman is coming into the movie? He's yeah. dead. Yeah. You do know that, right? I, I don't know think that. he's going to be in it much. That's that's my prediction. That I, I he is going to be He is going to be there. Yeah. He's going to be coming back. Snyder had that little video where we did see him in costume. Uh, the black one? No, no, he was standing. He, oh, okay. On the last day of filming, I, Snyder I, released a little Twitter video. And you did see a, a short clip of him in his full Superman costume. Good, good. Looking like he does as Superman. That, that movie will go a long way to win me over if they don't make that too complicated and they resolve it rather quickly my, my, my just predi- have them join the story. My prediction of what I hope is going to happen is that Superman is going to come back happy to be alive. Yeah, that would be really nice. <laughs> <laughs> and and maybe, otherwise, maybe death, will cha- maybe death will change his mood. I hope so, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, just go find yourself another doomsday and, and, and off yourself and I'm just rid afraid. us of your your shenanigans. I, I'm just afraid he's going to be a Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah, that's. I'm going in with low expectations, so hopefully they'll surprise me. But I'm pretty sure this is the last one on Snyder's contract. Yeah, I'm betting that too. Yeah, I don't. Somebody must have taken note that he seems to be the the issue. It's time to let somebody else play. Time to get me off the subject again. Yes. Well, <laughs> let's let's wrap this up. Yes. Because it's almost one in the morning, and I have work tomorrow. So, Scott, where can the listeners find you? Uh, usually we do a Fear the Walking Dead cast, which you've been on several times. Uh, we just started covering the seventh season. It's my unhappy TV viewing place, apparently. It's my masochist viewing, uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah, uh-huh. Wow. Got a podcast about last night's finale coming out soon. Or not finale, beginning of the seventh season. Uh, Weekly Heroics. As mentioned, someday down the road, I'm going to reinvent and restart my video gaming podcast, too, um, and maybe some other stuff. But thanks for having me on, man. Thanks yeah, for sure, the plugs. No <laughs> Tom, good to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. Tom doesn't have a home on the internet. He no, does not. not really. But so right. I, I, will dra- I will drag him on to future shows. And Aaron, always good to hear from you. Yes. You pre-recorded Manu. <laughs> yes, he did. He... And he pre-recorded that thing quickly. I asked, I asked if he wanted to send one in. I had one the next day. He's like, he's like Mike, you know, the seventy-eight Superman. Now he's that kid is just so enthusiastic. I'm going to drag him on. You know, he just is so happy to be on podcasts. I'm going to drag him on as many as I can. <laughs> yes, uh, about six months of editing will take care of that. <laughs> you all, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Good night, gentlemen. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Good night. Bye. 
As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. In every podcast, we'll be doing recaps of individual episodes of one Marvel show and one DC show until we catch up to them or some supervillains shut us all down. My name is Scott McGregor, and I'm the fastest podcaster alive. That's what she said. And I'm Chris Tyler, one of your agents of cool. To bring you this podcast, we each have to become someone else. We each have to become something else. Two, two, All right, welcome back, folks. Before I finish up, I want to point out that after each of the first two episodes of Supergirl, I solicited in the Facebook group some comments from listeners, and I just wanted to share some some of the listeners' thoughts about the first two episodes of Supergirl. This uh, first group of comments is regarding the first episode, The Adventures of Supergirl. First comment is from Professor Alan Middleton of the Relatively Geeky Network. He does great shows like Short Box Showcase does his own live reading journal, which is a lot of fun to listen to. And if you don't listen to the podcast he does with his daughter, Emily, Darkness to Light, you're really missing out. So head over there and check those out. Professor Allen writes, I enjoyed their relationship and portrayal. I didn't love the episode, more for the upcoming changes it pretends, but a smiling, happy Superman and a Clark Kent that is likable and friendly. I am on board for all of that. And uh, Scott Vinigome, Scotty V of uh, SupermanHomePage.com says, Kind of in response to this. See? Just because he smiles is enough for most people. He came across as dull and boring to me. For who I am, this episode should have been my favorite of the three premieres. But it was Arrow I enjoyed the most. And Gary Bingaman calls it flat-out perfection. Alright, and the next group of comments is regarding the second episode of the season. And the second to involve Superman, obviously. The Last Children of Krypton. So the first commenter for this episode was Scotty V again. And he says... Much better this week. Didn't think they were forcing the cute humor as much, and I actually thought some of the funny dialogue, and he puts funny in quotes, was actually funny. Fortress was great, and I enjoyed their take on Metallo. Douglas Meacham writes, I love how the episode, and the one before, portrayed a comic book come to life, right down to the quick changing of costumes by both Kara and Clark. And then for a little bit, uh, he and Scotty V go back and forth a little bit on whether that was something put forth in the Donnerverse. And then Aaron Henley, whose voice you heard earlier on the podcast, he talked about Wynn telling Hank I wasn't talking to you and Kara's Are You Crying line. Yep, Wynn was a huge fanboy, and I love it. And I love all the comments I got from you folks. And if you have any comments on what was discussed in the main portion of the show, you can email them to me at manofscreen at gmail.com. You can also join the conversation in the Facebook group like so many other people have at this point. You can put the Man of Screen podcast in your Facebook search feed, and the group should come up pretty much immediately right at the top. And if you're so inclined, you can leave me reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. I could really use some reviews and ratings on those systems as that helps, at least on iTunes, it helps other people find the show as well and bumps it up with the search engines. You can also find the show on Twitter at Man of Screencast. And if you're talking about the show, please use the hashtag Man of Screen Podcast. I don't have any concrete plans for the next Man of Screen Extra at this time. For further information on that, keep checking the Facebook group and the Twitter page. So until then, my name is Mike Zumo. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care.
of Screen Podcast is produced by Mike Timo, and all opinions on the show are those of Mike Timo and his guests, and no one else. All music and sound clips used in the making of the show are for review purposes only, and no copyright infringement is intended. All trademarks and copyrights are originally claimed by holders. The Man of Screen Podcast is a member of the Superman Podcast Network and can be found at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com. The homepage for the show is manofscreen.podomatic.com. 